Hey guys, how's it going? Ricky Widmer here along with Brandon Swanson. Weird intro to the podcast. I had to put this in front of the entire podcast just so you guys know because I forgot to mention it at the beginning. Make sure to click the link down below in the description to join our ESPN tournament bracket group so you can fill out a bracket, go head-to-head versus us. Brandon's going to have one. I'm going to have one. I just forgot to mention this in the opening of the podcast. I wanted to make sure that everyone sees it. So just wanted to add this right at the beginning. Hope you enjoy the podcast as we preview March Madness. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up? Real MVPs. Ricky Widmer here along with the one the only Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for another edition of the Primetime Podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcast. You might be saying, guys, well, wait, this is a day early. Usually we get you guys on Tuesday because you record on Monday. What's this Monday posting of the Primetime Podcast? And I got a special link for you. It's Selection Sunday. That's what that means. Brandon and I are back as we always are around this St. Paddy's Day time. I think it's usually on St. Patrick's Day. To break down the bracket, our complete March Madness breakdown, our March Madness preview. We're going to go through all the regions, talk about the big things, what we're thinking here and there. We're also going to have our patron, one of our loyal patrons, Matt, on to talk in in depth about his Purdue Boilermakers and their outlook for the tournament. And then we're going to end the podcast not just giving our first thought at the Final Four, because it won't be our last thought. We got until Thursday. There's going to be like 50 million iterations of a Final Four before those brackets locked. And then we're going to end the podcast doing something that we've never done on the March Madness preview that you guys are going to have to wait for. But first things first, if you're on YouTube, if you're on iTunes, make sure to go over to Apple Podcast and rate and review the Primetime Podcast with that five stars. It really helps us out and make sure we get to more people. So even if you're on YouTube, I know you have an Apple account. Go over to Apple Podcasts, type in the Primetime Podcast, and give us that five-star rating. If you're listening on iTunes and Apple Podcast or your iPhone that both Brandon and I have, no sponsor here, um, then it's easy. Just hit that five stars. Let us know why you like listening to the podcast, and we thank you guys for listening. So, Brandon... It is March Madness. The tournament has been announced. What are your, before we get into region by region, what are your thoughts with the bracket being announced? What are your just general thoughts of March Madness? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I am so excited. I think it's going to be. Can we just take off the whole week? But we should be taking off at least Thursday Mm -hmm. and Friday. Like that should be. I mean, that should be national holidays. But um, just the first week of the tournament, yeah, national holidays. Yeah. Uh, No, but I'm very excited. I think it's great. You know, we talked about a little bit ago, a couple of weeks ago. um, Number ones, or maybe it was just a week ago. Yeah, we talked about um, the one seeds, and it it stayed chalk. Stayed pretty true to what we believed it would be. You and I thought maybe Gonzaga would be out. Or Um, North Carolina if they lost to Duke, which they did. Yes. Um, So Duke's a one. Mm -hmm. Virginia's a one. North Carolina's a one. So is Gonzaga. There wasn't enough for Gonzaga to be knocked out. And uh, Michigan State was the one that I thought 
could unseat Gonzaga at, at that one. Beating Michigan. And they beat Michigan. They won the Big Ten tournament. I thought that that might be enough. But like you said, mm-hmm. Gonzaga did too much during the regular season. That's why they're a one well, right now. And let me ask you about that. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go region by region, and we're going to start with that East region, which has the number one overall seeded Duke Blue Devils. It's funny. Like, they're a two-seed. Zion comes back, and everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's right. You're the best team in the nation. Um, There you go. Um, Here's the question I want to ask you, because this has kind of been the big bugaboo with many national analysts thus far. Michigan State is the two in this region. And if you looked at it, CBS put in blue next to each team their national ranking. So, like, Duke was the number one overall seed, so they had a blue number one next to their name. Michigan State had a six. Michigan had a five. So the big thing that everyone is talking about right now is, wait a second, this is a team that for three straight weekends has beaten Michigan, and today beat Michigan, overcame a 13-point deficit to beat Michigan at the UC to win the Big Ten tournament crown. Yet you're going to say, oh, that team, you get to go into the region with the number one overall seed in Zion Williamson. Oh, that other team that lost three times to you? Yeah, they're going to have a much easier road in the West going against probably the the one seed that people are the lowest on and the bracket that also has not like just looking at the two brackets the east is tougher than the west why why do you think they did this and screw basically tried to screw the Michigan State Spartans i mean i don't think that that's necessarily what they did how do you do that though they beat michigan 3 times in a row <laughs> yet michigan gets an easier road and i like michigan I guess, again, I guess I just think still, even though I understand throughout the year they were fine, they had a, I don't want to say fine, they were good, they had a a pretty good season, but then they lose that final game in the championship game. I think Michigan State should be should have been a one seed. Mm-hmm. I think Gonzaga should have been flipped out with them. I think Gonzaga should be a two. Michigan State has done enough. They did, they took care of all of their business in the Big Ten tournament. They got it done. They beat a very good, very competitive Michigan team. Michigan State is very good. They are going to be, unless they lose <laughs> to, to number 15 Bradley, like they did to Middle Tennessee State a couple of years back, because <laughs> that was baloney. I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. You don't believe it will. Mm-hmm. But no one ever thought that a 16 was going to beat Virginia last year either. Um, but I think that... When you look at Michigan State, they're going to be a tough team. They're going to be a tough out the way that they've played. I just, I think Michigan should have and deserved, deserved a number one seed. Michigan State? Excuse me, Michigan State. They did. Michigan State did. Here's another thing I want to throw your way because I'm, I'm not quite like that. I don't know if like, I am fine with the one seeds that we have. I am totally fine. If anything, the one seed that I would flip out is North Carolina. Because in my world, the only reason you beat Duke twice was because Zion Williamson wasn't playing. If Zion Williamson played those games, and I know the woulda, coulda, shoulda, you can only play the games that are on your roster or on your schedule against the players that are out there, and they beat Duke without Zion, so you got to give them credit for the win. But it's like 
Zion then proved, oh, yeah, that's right. This North Carolina team cannot beat them. Yes, it was close. Cannot beat them with Zion well, out Well, North there. Carolina should have won uh, here's two the, nights ago. Here's the thing that I looked at when I looked at the East region. You know what game popped out to me? It was like, yeah, of course they did that. Of course they did. Louisville and Minnesota. This is the game Rick Patino's brother coaches Minnesota, and Minnesota gets to play Louisville in the first round. If Minnesota wins that game, which I think they could, the Patino family, they're throwing a party. <laughs> they are throwing a party. They're high-fiving because, ha, 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 we beat you. We got one up on you for firing Rick Patino. That's a matchup I did look at, though, and I was like, hey, you know what? Minnesota, until they got to Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, was kind of catching some fire and could be that sneaky team at 10 that tries to make a run. Here's a team to watch. How about Auburn? Yes. How about Auburn in the Midwest, especially after the way that they played (laughs) their game today against Tennessee, blew Mm -hmm. them out of the water. Auburn, then if they win... Most likely they'll be taking on Kansas. It's a Kansas team that hasn't been great this season. Uh, The first time Mm -hmm. in years where they didn't win the Big 12 title. And Auburn could make a run at a sweet 16 Mm -hmm. uh, and and possibly even more. But And and that's just especially by the way that they played late in the season, down the stretch. They're playing some of their best basketball right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times... You don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the best team right now. Well, and I mean, that's a team I know I'm going to want to get to, especially when we get through these regions. But here's the thing I want to ask you, going back to the East for a little bit. Is this going to be the region where we see the most upsets? Because I'm looking at it, of course, 8-9, it's a coin flip, is really a 9 over an 8 an upset technically. I think UCF can win that first round. There are many people saying that watch out for Liberty to upset Mississippi State. That's a 12 over a 5. With me, I think that Belmont is going to beat Temple in the Dayton first day games. And then that Maryland team is not that strong this year. That Belmont is going to walk into that game and get the win over the Terrapins. That's another upset. I already said Minnesota. I'm kind of leaning towards that way to get an upset over Louisville. And even that Yale-LSU game, like, LSU played well but lost to a Florida team in their last game in the SEC tournament. Is this going to be the region? I'll basically ask you this. Is this going to be the region that has a ton of upsets in the middle and all these teams kind of cartoon fight where you see all like the legs and limbs going all around and then Duke and Miss Michigan State kind of just walk around them as they go to the Elite Eight? I mean, you maybe could see that. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that this is the region where you're going to see tons of upsets. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that this is going to be – this is Duke and Michigan State. This is this is going to just be Duke-Michigan State. Just if they do straight not, on through. I, I believe that. I believe that. It, Duke is not going to lose until they until at least the Final Four. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I believe. If they do, what a lost season. What a lost season. Well, I've always, um, I've always said it. Like, spoiler alert, months ago, if Zion is healthy, Duke is my national champion. Like, this will be the year when you're filling out a bracket. You might not want to pick Duke because everyone's going to pick Duke. And to win your tournament, you're either going to want a different national champion in case they lose 
or if you think they win, you're going to have to really nail the first week upsets if, in order to get your points. If Duke is upset early anywhere in the tournament. 16 over a 1. If they're upset anywhere, even round two, yeah. that is going to screw Everybody. more than half, Everybody. 75% of the nation's bracket. I'm telling because you, it's going to screw people, me. I'm already because, locking it in. Because people believe, and mm-hmm. I'm with you, I think Duke, very, very, very good chance mm-hmm. of being a national champion this year. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and everything points to it. Like the, Everything points to it. And the great thing about the tournament is obviously... I look at it and go, well, any team can beat anyone on any day. But looking at the looking at the East when it comes to Duke, there's only one team in the East. Well, that one team in the East that I could see beating Duke, and that's Michigan State. I know people are going to throw Virginia Tech out there, and I kind of want to be with you because I'm a secondhand Hokie fan. Illinois first, Virginia Tech second. Um, but... I don't think Virginia Tech beats Duke with Zion Williamson on the floor. I know that Virginia Virginia Tech is getting a big um, player coming back off an of injury that's been out since late January, but but I see Duke rolling on to the Elite Eight, no doubt. The big challenges for me with Duke come a Final Four matchup with Gonzaga because Gonzaga did beat them on a neutral court with Zion Williamson out there. So there's that. And I'll be completely honest. You know what na- you know what two national championships I kind of want to see and it's going to be boring for most people. One of them is just give me UNC Duke again. Because although I said UNC can't beat Duke with Zion, that was a good game, it was a fun game to watch the last time they played when Zion was healthy. Um, in the ACC tournament, but also like I can't like, you know what? Do I want to see Duke Virginia? Like that's the thing. I was like, can there be any other teams besides the one seed to give Duke a shot? And for me, I think it's Michigan State, the one seeds, Michigan, and then maybe a Tennessee or a Kentucky that maybe give Duke a shot. But let's be honest. Maybe that list is smaller. Maybe it's just UNC and Virginia are the only teams that can give Duke a run for their money. Oh, and Gonzaga. Those three can give a Duke a run for their money. But how many times in this whole tournament have we seen, oh, this team's going to win it all. They are so strong. Oh, they lost? Ugh. I don't know where we're going to go from here. Plus, how many times have we seen a Loyola um, from Chicago kind of run through it. A George Mason kind of run through. A Butler run through this tournament. I don't really know which team is going to be that in this tournament. And am I wrong for thinking that there's maybe like three teams that could beat Duke and take them out? No, you're not wrong at all for thinking that. I think that that's really the only... I think that, that most people are, are agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. Most people are thinking... There's only a handful of teams that can do this. Mm -hmm. There's only a handful of teams that can give Duke a run for their money. We saw when Zion was out, there were a lot more teams that could do it. Yeah. Anybody could take them down, truly. And I and I I mean I RJ Barrett's not the true number one of that team. Zion Williamson is the true number one of that team. Well, absolutely. That's correct. Mm -hmm. But you also look at it too as 
without Zion, mm-hmm. there's a lot that they're not able to do. Yeah, there's a lot of scoring that's gone. Especially there's a lot Cam of playmaking that's gone. In the way that he's been playing, yeah, which real has not solid, been good. real yeah. great player. Mm-hmm. That Cam Reddish. Yeah, you know. I know how high you are on uh, Cam Reddish. Well, sarcasm. he's we we. I mean, <laughs> enough has been said about him yeah. on this podcast from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I just think that uh, Duke is lost without Zion. Thank goodness for him back. But mm-hmm. um, with him with him there, I mean, we, we saw the game against North Carolina. They win 74-73. So mm-hmm. even with him, and even with him going, what, 13 for 13, 29 points, something stupid, mm-hmm. they still only win by one. Yeah. So there are teams that can hang with them. Mm-hmm. And yes, it helps when it's a team like a North Carolina who sees them a couple of times a year, who has a lot of uh, past... Uh, history with with them, but I even think that, I mean, you if you run into a team like a, a Syracuse, I mean they they won't in their they wouldn't in their conference and but but a team like a Syracuse and you look back onto the um and I meant in their in their uh, region yeah but Syracuse that's a team that played them very well earlier mm-hmm. this season and I know that's when. Um, Trey Jones got hurt, mm-hmm. and Syracuse ended up winning that game. But Syracuse, no one's going to look around and say this year that Syracuse is this great team. They're mm-hmm. not. But they were able to take on Duke. And the way that Syracuse plays defense, all you need is a team to come up and defensively guard and defend against mm-hmm. a Zion and take R.J. Barrett out of the game. And all of a sudden, well, then you're then you're trying to lean then you're trying to lean on Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Then you're trying to lean more on Trey Jones, and you're asking him to then do things that he hasn't been called upon to do all season long. So what you need to do mm-hmm. it, it comes down simply to take them out of their rhythm, take them out of their game mm-hmm. and, and their style. If you're able to do that, Duke is going to struggle. They won't probably run up against that too often in this tournament. Mm-hmm. But if a team is able to figure out how to defend against it, Duke's going to struggle. Here's the one matchup I want to see for the second round with Duke. And I want to see them go up against UCF. The reason being, UCF has a player, a 7-6 player in Taco Fall. I just want to see that just to see him go one-on-one with Zion. I'm not saying that just because of that UFC would have the chance to beat Duke and would beat Duke. I just look at that and go, give me that. Like, give me that game in the tournament. I want the Knights to beat the VCU Rams so bad so that I can see Zion versus Taco Fall in that second round. Um, Also... And this is the last thing I'll ask you and kind of give my answer before we move on into the West region and all. If you had to pick a, we'll say a team to get into the second round, or if you think there's a Loyola uh, Chicago team within this region, who do you think it is? Because I'm looking at Belmont. I think Belmont's got a team that wins the first round game against Temple, beats Maryland, then beats either LSU or Yale, because I'm not completely sure who I have in that one yet, and gets at least to the Sweet 16 against Michigan State. Who do you think that one under like underdog Cinderella team is that will at least get 
to the second weekend out of the East. Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. As I, th- I, I don't think that uh, they're they're not a a low. Mm-hmm. They're they're not a high seed, but LSU like high is a number. Yeah, you're saying they're they're, they're yeah. not. They're, I mean, LSU is a three. Yeah, so. They're not like oh they're a you know a twelve or something they're going to run the tables but I think LSU I'm interested in LSU you're I'm, you're saying more of like that Loyola of like hey maybe if they go in the Sweet Sixteen against Michigan State they get the win and move on possibly and okay. you know I understand that LSU is a three and people are like no we're looking for like the twelve or the mm-hmm. eleven or something. I think that LSU there's well that Yale game's going to be tough. There's there's no but here's the thing is that there's no, apparently I haven't watched enough Yale games or mm-hmm. any at all ever. But um, I don't none of these like thirteen twelve none mm-hmm. none of them are are exciting to me. I'll be honest with you. Uh-huh. Liberty, I mean Mississippi State's not wonderful, but that is um, the main reason why I think many people are saying Liberty could move on. It's more of Mississippi State's fault, but I'm but I'm not saying, but I'm also not going to be the guy that says, "Oh well, Liberty's making a run." I mean, yeah. this isn't this isn't like, "Oh, you're going to win because Mississippi State was." I want to say misseeded, yeah, but they're not great. They're not the. If I looked at this whole bracket, I'm not saying that they're the mm-hmm. strongest five. Yeah, I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that, but I do believe that out of everyone here, when you take out Duke, when you take out Michigan State. LSU is the most intriguing team to me. Yeah, here in the East, that could run the table more and, than uh, any other team could on, in in this part of the bracket. And that's why I used my analogy early on: is this will be when I say the upset region, I feel like this is going to be the region where, besides Duke, besides Michigan State, those first round games, everyone's going to go. Man, I was perfect in this region. Let's not even talk about the East. I don't even want to look at it because I have so much red besides Duke and Michigan State. Yeah. Because, um, like, even LSU, I'm not even that. Like, yes, there are three, but I'm not that solidified in them. Like I just said, I could see Belmont going up against them and beating them to go to the Sweet 16. So it'll be interesting to see the East if it is just Duke and Michigan State's to win or if someone else steps up. Let's move on to the West, though, the Gonzaga region. And the first thing I want to ask you is, so Jake, one of our patrons who was on the fast break, Jake Neverman, he's a Syracuse fan. And me and him were talking on Twitter, and he said, hey, real talk, man, Syracuse could beat Gonzaga in the second round. And I agree with him. The reason why I say that is look at what St. Mary's, first off, Look at what St. Mary's was able to do defensively against Gonzaga. I know that Coach Few on ESPN tonight was like, hey, you know, A, we didn't shoot well, but B, they made mistakes in their scouting for St. Mary's and weren't guarding them the right way, which I look at that and go, what, this is the third time you're seeing this team? That's not an excuse. You should know this team like the back of your hand. Um, Number two, Syracuse's zone defense might be a little hard to game plan for when you only have a game a day in between. Could if we see Syracuse Gonzaga in the second round, the Saturday Sunday of this week, is there a pretty good chance that the Orange could knock off the Bulldogs and send them home packing? Well, last year the Orange knocked off Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what I believed was prematurely yeah. for, for Michigan State to lose. Syracuse is a tough defense. They are a tough defense, and most teams aren't able to figure out. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't have Syracuse only having three losses every season mm-hmm. and, and being, you know, one of the best teams. But they always get to this tournament, and they always end up being one of those tricky teams. Yeah. Because, like you just mentioned uh, a couple moments ago, there's not a lot of time to game plan for mm-hmm. it. You don't have weeks. You don't have a week. You barely have a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 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 difficult to go up against a defense like Syracuse's. They are they run it well. They play well. They're tough. If you are able to, if they're effective with their defense and are able to take teams out of their offensive rhythm. It's going to be tough for those other teams. But then for Syracuse, it's can they capitalize on the offensive side themselves? We can talk about defense all day long, and if they're able mm-hmm. to take the other team's defense out of it uh, or offense score? out of it, yeah, can they score on their end? And that's, I think, one of the biggest questions as well. Um, are they able to score on their end? Are they able to to get it, put it all together, offensively and defensively? But... If they're able to, again, Gonzaga is a good team, but we saw what happened when they were taken out of their offensive rhythm. And if that were to happen against Syracuse, it could lead to an early exit for the Bulldogs. Now, here is something I do want to throw out there because in my head, I was kind of sitting there and going, wait a second, this seems all too familiar. Syracuse, Gonzaga, where have I seen this before? Brandon, we've seen this matchup live, both you and I. Yeah, we did. And do you remember the outcome of that game? It was three years ago. It was 2016. Was it Gonzaga that won? Or was it Syracuse that won? It was Syracuse by three because Syracuse went on to beat number one Virginia in the Elite Eight on uh, Easter. Um, And that was the year that Syracuse then lost to um, North Carolina in the Final Four. Um, So this is – these are two coaches – that know each other. Of course, totally different teams, but I wonder if that is also like, let's say Gonzaga wins against their 16th seed, which I can't say anymore that, duh, it's an automatic thing because yeah. as I took a picture of, um, CBS showed the round of 64 and the win percentages. One versus 16. 136 and one. And one. Uh-huh. It's there. And one. Um, it was great. So how it breaks down is the 16v1 is a 99 win percentage. Um, twos over the 15 are at 94. Then 84 for three, 76, 65, 62, 61. And then basically the eight nines are a coin flip at 50. But that to me was the first thing I thought was, ooh, if they play Syracuse in the second round, they could be going home packing. And I know Jake mentioned me, well, you can't overlook Baylor. And I went, well, guess what? I'm overlooking Baylor because I, <laughs> I'm i not happy. Like, I am not strong on the Big 12. I'll be surprised if the Big 12, besides there may be Kansas State, besides Kansas State and Texas Tech, you know, screw it, and Iowa State. So those three teams. Besides those three teams, I'll be shocked if the Big 12 gets to the second weekend. Like, I'm not even that confident in Kansas this year. Well, no. We'll, we'll I get mean, to later. No. I mean, they're also a team that's like, ugh, I can't wait for. Here's a matchup I want to ask you about, plainly because of draft. 
should how excited should we be for just the Marquette Murray State game? Just because we get to see Marcus Howard and John Morant go head to head, where Dave texted me personally and was like, "Dude, I can't wait for that game." Both Howard and Ja are getting thirty apiece. He said, "In that game alone, like, is that a game where you're sitting there going, man, I love both these players. Why do they have to play each other?'" Well, I think <laughs> I think it's 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 going to be fun to see. Um, we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to see which. <laughs> um, I get where you, what you're saying with why do they have to play each other, but I think that <laughs> from almost, a draft, but from but, a draft but, point, but, like, but, but I almost think that makes it better. Yeah, uh, because then they both they, they they both get to stand out. They both get to show um, mm-hmm. their their talents and show how much they mean to their team going up against uh, yep. going up against the other. So that's where I I don't actually think it's a negative. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the negative obviously is that one of them has to go. Um, Murray State though, I know that they're the twelve, but. Watch for them. Watch for them and what John Moran can do. He How is, he far is, can Ja carry this? He team? is outside of Zion, like we said when we mm-hmm. talked about it in the big board not too long ago. Yeah. He is the second most exciting player in all of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Behind Zion, it's John Moran. He does it all. He's fun to watch. And he's just got an energy about him. So I, I'm just I think, glad he gets the national term like the national stage now. To show his skills. No, I think that, and I think that that's good. And hopefully, he's able to ball out. As mm-hmm. opposed, to, you know, sometimes it's like guys finally get the national stage, and then it's like. But mm-hmm. I, I really hope he's able to uh, put on a good showing. I want to ask you about this: a team that you we've talked about. I want to say a month ago, you were excited for him last year. Got upset when Loyola of Chicago knocked him out. What do you think about your Wolfpack draw playing a team in Florida? Who, yeah, they didn't win the SEC tournament, but had a big win against LSU, which probably propelled them into this tournament seating. So I really would love to. <laughs> Many people are saying Florida could upset. I, I know, and I'm actually one of those people thinking it, um, <laughs> which is why I'm a little upset. I'm, I'm upset about it because I li- like Nevada. I like Nevada. I liked what they did last year. They were the, they were the, they were the most exciting team I think in the tournament for a very long time. Yeah, the Martin twins. Yes. Oh, they're good. They're good. I mean, if those guys come to play, mm-hmm. it's Florida will have a tough game, but. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't come to play, but mm-hmm. I also I saw that right away. Nevada and Florida, I'm like, dang it, because I would I I I like what Florida did in their tournament. I like what Florida is doing currently right now. So I, I look at that and I think Nevada could be could be out day day one day one. I, you know, it's and and that's that's unfortunate to. Mm-hmm. To say on my part because they were so exciting last year. I like excitement. I like a team that's going to be exciting throughout the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that will be an exciting game. Again, Nevada, I think I think they were a – it was a 7-10 last year, wasn't it, to start off? Yep. It, but it was fl- – was it flipped? I think so. Because it was Texas the 7 and, and Nevada was you're the right. 10? You're right. Was that it? Nope, you're right. You're 100% correct. Now that you're saying it, because that was the big uh, – Nevada versus Mo Bamba matchup. Yes, and I wanted I wanted Mo Bamba to win just because of how much I liked Mo Bamba. Here, let me see. Let me look it up in okay. that region. Um, let's see. Yep. So Nevada was the seven. They, they were, were the, the seven. seven. Texas was the ten. Went to overtime. They beat Texas. Yep. Then they beat Cincinnati. Crazy who was a two game. Seed. 
And then they lost to Loyola Marymount, or Lo- not Marymount, Loyola yes. Chicago, um, who was 11. So if that same thing happens, think about it this way. If that same thing happens with seeding, what would happen is Nevada would beat Florida in overtime. They would then knock off number two Michigan, which could happen. Crazy. Um, then they would lose to either Arizona State or you know what? The, you know who they would lose to? You know who? I'm gonna pencil it in here. If there's a Loyola Chicago, you know who it's gonna be? Northern Kentucky. The St. John's what? Storm Red Storm? Is that what they are? St. John's. Basically, Chris Mullen and his boy Shamori Ponds. They are gonna be. If there's a Loyola Marymount, that's who it's gonna be. Because let's be honest, I liked. The team you mentioned, Northern Kentucky, I actually watched their tournament and was very hyped after their last game. was like, oh, man, I can't wait to pick them as an upset. Then the bracket was coming out, and it was like, Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky. And I went, well, that lasted long because I'm not picking against Texas Tech. Exactly. Because I like Jared Culver, and I like what that Texas Tech team does. I just I look at this bracket, and for me, most of these upsets— are going to come after the first weekend, where the upsets I look at, 8 over a 1. The other one that I look at is, let's say, a 5 over a 3 in Buffalo and Texas Tech, possibly. A 3 over a 2, Texas Tech over a Michigan. Like, those are the upsets I'm looking at. Or a 2 over a 1, Michigan-Gonzaga, if they meet in the Elite Eight. That's the upsets that I look in this region. Not necessarily, oh, well, you know, this small town team is going to make a run because, like, the 512, they're both smaller end teams for me. Um, Buffalo's been good. Um, and I don't think that either Arizona State or St. John's are realistically going to beat Buffalo, but anything can happen. And then, like, Northern Kentucky, I think they're getting a really bad draw. Or a really tough draw in Texas Tech. But how many times have I said that before? And then completely the other thing has happened. Like, I have numerous times. Like, even look at the NFL. Hey, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. And they were the last place team in our top five draft pick. Um, What are your thoughts with this just overall region? And how do you think it's going to play out in the end? Will we see Gonzaga and Michigan move on? Or... Will we see a lot of like eight one upsets, two three, and some of those higher end upsets? Uh, you know, I I don't. I think that this region looks pretty. To me, it looks pretty clean. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that doesn't mean it will be. Um, Gonzaga, I'd like to say gets to the Sweet Sixteen, but I can't say it. I'd like to, but I can't say I it. With th- I, I don't think they will. I, I can't say it with certainty. Uh, I I look at Michigan. Most likely uh, getting to Sweet 16. However, if Florida mm-hmm. beats Nevada and then Florida pl- plays Michigan, look for that to be a really good game. So look for the maybe the, what, 10-2 upset you're saying? Possibly. I mean, look, mm-hmm. but I also think it's it's all dead if if they lose in their first game. But look, look, but look for the Gators. Look, look for the Gators. Mm-hmm. Look for the Gators in this, in this tournament because yeah. a lot of times here in March, Florida ends up coming to play. They yep. sh- they sh- they put a nice product onto the court mm-hmm. and they ball out and they play well. Mm-hmm. So look look for Florida. You can never count them out come March. Yeah, I mean, I look at it and I go, so 
I don't want to count North Kentucky out, but I kind of am. Texas Texas Tech will move on. Also, that Florida State-Vermont uh, game, the Catamounts. I know that Florida State hasn't done well when they're the favorite. They usually do better when they're the underdog. Um, but that's a game where it's going to be interesting if Florida State beats Vermont. And then hopefully, in my mind, if my early bracket comes to true, we're looking at a Florida State-John Morant matchup in the second round. Um I want that's the main thing. I want Murray State to go to the second, just the second yeah. weekend at all. Like I want to see John Morant get to the second weekend, um, and get to play more on these national stages. Not for draft stocks. I think he's the number two prospect in college basketball, but just to give everybody because not everyone watched Murray State racer basketball games to give everyone, even the casual fans something of John Morant to watch because he is just a phenomenal player. Let's move over to the Midwest, so the North Carolina region. And let's talk about that team you mentioned earlier, Auburn. Are they going to be, especially in the top half of the bracket, the one that throws a wrench into North Carolina's plans? Because I'll be completely honest. They're getting past Kentucky. I've got no, they're getting past Kansas. I've got no doubt in that. I am sorry, Pat. Like they are getting past Kansas. Kansas might beat Northeastern, but will not beat Auburn if they play them in the second round. I like Auburn. I, I like Auburn in this region. I think that they are. Uh, I think they're going to run some tables here. Seriously, mm-hmm. I do. Um, I, I think that uh, you know Auburn will get past um, you know New Mexico State, Kansas, and then we're looking at we're looking at a matchup with North Carolina mm-hmm. for for Auburn in the Sweet Sixteen. I mean that's what I'm thinking, and mm-hmm. I think North Carolina most likely wins it. But um, you know Auburn, if they're feeling themselves and they get if they that path does happen. Look for a a very good game against uh, mm-hmm. UNC and a possible upset there. Also, though, I look on on, on the other side. You're I, talking I, the bottom half the, of the, the region. The, the bottom half of the region. Dude. Kentucky. Watch. I would say mm-hmm. for um, no. I was I was looking at this was in the uh, this is in the other uh, bracket. I was I was ready to talk about this this the, I was ready to talk about the bottom part of the South, not yeah. the bottom part of the Midwest. But Kentucky though. Again, this season with what they've done, mm. well, I, I mean, I Calipari think Calipari wasn't happy that they were a two seed, not a one seed. I I think that Kentucky, um, just just where they're at, quite honestly, mm-hmm. they could get to the Elite Eight just because of their placement in their path. Yeah, I think that they could get to to the Elite Eight because if you beat Abilene Christian, you get Wolford or Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. Neither of those teams scare me if I'm See, Kentucky. Now it just it just it just doesn't. Now here's the thing. Like I know right now everyone's talking about Wolford because they are oh what conference are they from? They're from the same conference as Dayton. I think it's like the SoCon, the Southern Conference. Um they are the highest seeded team. This is the highest seed that a team from that conference has ever been in the national tournament. Um and I know many people are talking about them and being a Cinderella. I personally don't see it. I think if they play Kentucky, Kentucky 
has enough. But to be honest, I've said it before. Oh, Kentucky's going to win, and then sure. they lose. Oh, sure. Um, so, like, that's the beautiful thing about this. Anything is possible. The thing I don't get about this lower half is, number one, the Iowa State-Ohio State game is an interesting one for me. Right now, I am leaning Cyclones just because I like them a little bit better right now, but that could be one that goes either way. And here's the other question that I want to throw out there. How seriously do we take the Houston Cougars, which I know Houston fans and kind of non-Power 5 fans are going to go, yeah, take them seriously. But here's the thing. Number one, they're playing a team in Georgia State that shoots the three well. You shoot the three well, you get hot in this tournament, game over, baby. The three ball lives in this tournament. But let's say Houston does get past that first weekend. Could they give Kentucky a run for their money? Could they give US, UNC a run for their money? Could this be a Final Four team in the making? Because they're a team that out of the American, you usually don't see it, 31-3. and three. They're 31-3. and three. Of course, they are 0-0 zero and zero against the top 25, though. They haven't played a single top 25 team all year. And their notable win-losses are they won by six against LSU. They've gone two and one against Cincinnati. They split against Central Florida. They won by 10 against Utah State, and they split against Temple. How serious should we take Houston? Because, yes, what they've done this year has been an accomplishment and is a great record that you don't see from many teams. But if they play Kentucky, if they play North Carolina— are they going to be able to do enough in a one game to get past them and possibly be a Final Four team from the Midwest? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't think that they 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 will be strong enough to be able to do that. And and I know that Kentucky's Kentucky's been a season this year where yeah they're a two, but they're not a. I I don't think that they're a strong two. No one from no. the SEC. Um, in terms Tennessee's of, in terms a stronger of, two. they're a stronger two, but even Tennessee, Tennessee, LSU, mm-hmm. and Kentucky, and I know that people will say, well, well, the teams, yeah, they were beating up on each other, mm-hmm. and that makes sense, and that's correct. Well, they LSU, were, but just to throw it out there for everyone listening, and so they don't have to comment, they are a three seed, but you're just talking in I'm, terms I'm, of how strong their team is. Yes, but I'm yeah. talking about all these teams from the SEC are up mm-hmm. there. A, a, a two, a three. Mississippi they're, State's a five. A five. So they're they're one one through five seeds. Yeah. You know, or two, three, Very five. Seed, you know, ranked. so we're 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 uh, right in there for the ranking. Uh huh. But they they've been inconsistent for a good part of the year. Kentucky. You look at some of the games Kentucky is playing. You're like, how did you lose to them? And how did you lose that badly? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they got. Especially that last Tennessee game. Yes, they got raked mm-hmm. over the coals um, <laughs> in, in, in that game against against Tennessee. And, I mean, it's just kind of been this back and forth with Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, really all season long in the SEC. So, while Kentucky, I don't think, is, is um, you know, going to be – I don't think they're the strongest team in this tournament. Certainly I don't. I think they have a pretty nice path. I don't think Houston – is going to be a team to knock them off. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think that's going to happen. I, I I'm not concerned about an Iowa State, Ohio State, you know, Seton Hall or Wolford, whoever it ends up being. That I mean, that doesn't worry me either. Uh, if I'm Kentucky, I, again, I think that Kentucky has it pretty much built out for them to get to the Elite Eight. Yeah, and I just I kind of look at it, and I'm just thinking like, 
with this team because there were even some of the analysts on CBS and ESPN which were like, oh, watch out, Houston. They could be a Final Four team. And I was like, really? Are we like Kentucky? Like if Kentucky catches fire, that's a big thing. Um, and I know Calipari every single year goes on ESPN and is like, we should be a higher seed. Well, guess what? Everyone thinks they should be a higher seed except for Duke. Duke is probably the only team like, yeah, we are rightfully put where we are. Um, Gonzaga is probably like, hey, we beat Duke. We should be the number one overall seed. Um, but with this region, I just, for me, how I see it playing out is UNC should get past their first game. Sorry, Iona. Um, the second round will be interesting, especially if Washington wins, because Matthias Teibel is a very good defensive um, guard and could maybe cause Colby White some problems in a one-on-one game. Um, but I still think North Carolina goes to the Sweet 16, no problem. The only question is who they play there. If they play Kansas, it'll be a cakewalk. It'll be like a 20-point Tar Heel victory. <laughs> if they play Auburn, it'll be a closer game, and UNC might be going home. I think UNC's the favorite from this region, but I don't— I still think Auburn has a chance to upset. I do think Kentucky has a chance to go on a run. And I'm not in this region. This is going to be the region dominated by the higher seeds, the one, two, and five. Because basically, Auburn to me is the four. Kentucky, or not Kentucky, Kansas is not a true four to me. They are weak. It's these upper teams that I'm really focusing on in this region. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to actually take a segue. So we're going to take a jump cut here. We're going to welcome in Matt, one of our patrons. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Purdue kind of heading into our last region with the South. And then when we come out, what we will do is take a look at the South, take a look at what our personal final fours are of tonight being selection Sunday. And then Brandon and I will go ahead and kind of fill out the primetime podcast bracket for you guys. Spoiler alert, I didn't tell you that at the beginning of the podcast. I told you now. Um, if you guys want to be a patron, go ahead and check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. Um, You can help support us. And if you join us at the $10 tier, you can be on a podcast to talk about whatever you would like to talk about. So right now we're going to take a jump cut and kind of move it on over to Matt. And Brandon, let's continue on our March Madness complete preview as we do each and every year looking through the bracket like we have already done. You've already seen us cover some of the regions. We've got one region left, and the reason why we held this one off to the end is we've got one of our loyal patrons, Matt, calling us back for the month of March. And as I do each and every time, Matt, i got to ask you, how are you doing on this fine night of Selection Sunday. I'm good. Happy March. It's the best time of the year. It is the best time. Like I, this whole week, I'll be completely honest. I hope uh, my bosses aren't watching. Um, but I'm deciding 
which day? Do I take off Thursday or do I take off Friday? I don't think you go wrong with either one of them because Thursday and Friday, you you know that there's always going to be like just craziness mm-hmm. on both of them. So Thursday or Friday, you're going to get something good each day. But Thursday is the real one that gets everyone going. Like exactly. it started. Exactly. It started. Let's go. I, I mean, know. That's the ex- really exciting one. But Friday, too, is awesome. The reason so. I'm leaning towards Friday, the only reason is I can get through the day on Thursday. Thursday, kind of have some light classes. Kids can do stuff. We can watch some March Madness in class. Um, then I have all Thursday, and then knowing I'm not going to work on Friday and can just have three days of straight basketball coverage and straight basketball watching. But the reason we have you on, Matt, is for every single time we talk about Purdue in the tournament, we always have you on for their region. They are in the South region. They're going to be paired up against Old Dominion. Um, the three going up against the 14. Before I ask you about what you think of Purdue coming into the tournament, I want to ask you about their last game before Selection Sunday because how big of a shock was it to you that Purdue lost in the Big Ten tournament to the Minnesota Golden Gophers? It wasn't a huge shock. I mean... Purdue, I think, 10 days prior had lost to Minnesota, which cost Purdue a chance at the outright Big Ten title. Um, granted, that was on Minnesota's home floor, and it was a tight game, but um, I was worried just because of the matchup problems their front court can create with Murphy and Oturu. Um, they're pretty, they're kind of, in a way, two, two centers that Purdue's front line isn't necessarily, um, you know, g- capable of matching up too well with, and that kind of played out. Um, Murphy had uh, close to 30 points, and um, in general, Minnesota's length kind of was a disruption to Purdue. So it wasn't a huge shocker, but I think the big trend in what has me just worried about Purdue in general has just been Carson Edwards' play over the past almost couple, I mean, you could say at least a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months at this point. He, he had another terrible shooting performance, 4 of 17 shooting overall, 1 of 8 from from three and six turnovers. And um, I think what Purdue has shown over these past couple of weeks is they can win despite that, which is a, a huge turnaround when you compare it to the start of the year and he had to carry the team. Um, they can win with, with him having those performances, but they, they can also lose. However, if he gets it going, I, that's when I start to think Purdue's got a real chance here and they can um, handle, handle their own. But when he's shooting like that, Purdue's going to be in in 50-50 games in an NCAA tournament type environment. That's a quick quick way to get yourself knocked out. Yeah, and the thing that I was kind of thinking about very early when they were announcing the seeding and stuff, you get to three and it's like, okay, Purdue, and you're thinking, okay, that's a good seeding. You get one of the top three seeds. But then they showed what team that Purdue was going to get in that first round. And I looked at Old Dominion, I was like, oh, this is a team that's nine and three in their last 12 games compared to Purdue that's seven and five. And of course, the Big Ten is always, some say the ACC is the best conference. Some say it's the um, SEC is the toughest. I've always liked the Big Ten. Maybe it's because we're here in the Midwest. So I am a little biased on that front. But the thing I want to ask you, Matt, is as a Purdue fan, how nervous are you? Because before we had you on and hit the record button, 
we were kind of talking and it was really you and Brandon leading this discussion of Purdue's kind of been a team that like Brandon threw out little uh, disappointing um, in their tournament appearances. Are you nervous this year because of what you just said about Carson Edwards and the shooting kind of stockpiling on what Purdue has usually shown when they get to March? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at Purdue's season on the whole, they started out pretty awful with a six and five start. And I think a lot of team or a lot of fans even wrote them off. So to, to have the turnaround they did and actually get a share of the big 10 regular season title, as you said, what some top to bottom might argue is the best conference. I think people would tell you ACC at the top of the conference is far better, but, um, it was a pretty significant turnaround for Purdue, and you're pretty happy with it. That said, they have been not been playing as good a basketball here over the past few weeks. They've been squeaking by in some of these games, and things just don't seem to be clicking, especially with Carson Edwards. And, you know, you look at it one of two ways. He, he, he demands so much attention that even despite these bad games, I do think it helps in a way create for some of the others. But just the decision-making on his end has really been questionable. I mean, for any player to have two 20 miss games, you know, miss more than 20 or more shots in a game, like how does that happen? Like at some point, don't you just think, I'm not, I'm not on, I need to create for others. And for whatever reason, that just doesn't seem to click with him. You know, I guess the alternative to that is if he gets hot, you could have a Kemba Walker-type run where he carries the team and, and you get hot. But since that hasn't been the case, I would have to say, yeah, there's a lot of worry that that if that sustains itself into the NCAA tournament, Purdue could be in trouble. Matt, how do you feel this year with, with Purdue going into the tournament and it being, like you said, uh, a lot of the successes or possibly even the failures with Purdue riding on Carson Edwards? It seems like it has been, for a number of years, uh, down low, play with Isaac Haas and guys like that you know it's been the big guys that have been making and being the difference for Purdue whereas opposed to this year it's a lot of outside game outside shooting the shooters as opposed to the big body guys who get it done down low in the paint so what are your thoughts there uh, in terms of what Purdue can do and is that do you think that that could be better for them do you think that that's worse for them as opposed to what they have been used to in the last couple of years, which has been their their kind of their down low in the paint type of play with the bigs. I think it's always been a nice luxury for Purdue to just kind of have that Isaac Haas where, you know, <clears throat> give it to him and let's go get a bucket. You know, just just throw it in. He's let him do his thing. Get pretty feel pretty good that you're going to get two points on that possession. Um, you're right. They don't necessarily have that this year. They do have more. I guess, agile and skilled bigs this year, though, which has given Purdue advantages in different ways. Um, but I think what it comes down to is, and I think every pretty much everyone is, the cons- is in the consensus on this, is that when it comes to March, you need good guard play. So I think from that sense, stance, this is probably, it has the potential to be some of the best um, guard-oriented team that Purdue has had in a while, again, a lot of that depending on a lot of that being stated on the capability of Carson, not necessarily how he's playing right now. But um, I, I think in that sense that it, it could be a good thing just because we, we know time, time and time again, 
you need guard play. You need someone who can go get a bucket on their own. You know, if you're big, you're you're still reliant on someone feeding you the ball and then avoiding a double team or something. Whereas if I'm a guard and I can just go get my own, that that that's a far easier path, and it's something that you're you're gonna need at some point. So Purdue wins. Let's mm-hmm. say let's say we 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 build the scenario that Purdue wins. They beat OD Old Dominion, and the next game it's either Villanova or St. Mary's. You've got Villanova, a Villanova team that is completely different from what the Villanova team was last year, even the last couple of years. This is a Villanova team that went 22-9 and that really was not that great this season. They were good because they are Villanova. They're most likely going to be good, um, or at least competitive, but they weren't great. They certainly weren't great. Well, one thing I want to throw in there, Jay Wright said this on the, uh, I think it was the selection, it was either CBS's selection or ESPN's, they both are running together because that's what I watched before I came here. Um, when he was on, he mentioned how at the beginning of the year that that Villanova team was so new. Like they didn't expect some guys to go to the NBA, like Amore Spellman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really had two of their big guys, one being Eric Paschal, have to teach the young players how to play Villanova basketball, they call it. Weren't playing that, they say, until the end of the year. So it might be the right time for Villanova even though they haven't had a Villanova-like season. Then you also look at St. Mary's, though, too, on the on the flip side. So Shock it's, the world. It, it, so that's where, really, if you're Purdue, Matt, are you looking at this as whoever we get, it's going to be a challenge. Whoever we get, Villanova, they are a team where, yeah, they were inconsistent a lot of this year, but towards the end, they started to finally get it together and get back towards what that Villanova basketball has been for now a number of years. And then you do, like like Ricky said, you look at St. Mary's, and, I mean, they're no joke, and they're certainly no walk in the park because they, as Ricky said, they shocked a lot of people by beating Gonzaga. People did not believe for a second that Gonzaga was going to lose mm-hmm. to St. Mary's in that uh, WCC mm-hmm. championship game. And St. Mary's right now, they are riding high. They're riding momentum. They feel good. They're excited. Like, if I'm Villanova, I'd be worried. If I'm a Villanova fan, I'd be worried because St. Mary's, yeah, they're an 11, but they're a very confident 11 right now. So, Matt, if you're Purdue and you win, who are you looking at, 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 at taking on? Who do you think it's going to be? And talk both sides, Villanova and St. Mary's, what you most likely will see from both of them. Yeah, I think the the Villanova-St. Mary's matchup is pretty interesting, um, especially I got Ken Palm pulled up, which, again, I think we've talked in previous podcasts, is just kind of a better indicator, at least statistically, on a team's capability. Mm-hmm. And it has St. Mary's actually has 31 and Villanova's 26. So for a 6-11 game, that's, that's pretty comparable um, in terms of what Ken Palm has them ranked. So it suggests that really St. Mary's isn't going to be a huge underdog here. So I think that that is significant. You're coming off riding the high of the Gonzaga win. So, I mean, there's not going to be any lack of confidence on their end, right, um, that they can do it again. And um, I guess maybe the equalizer here, though, in my mind is Jay Wright. Just He's proven himself to be one of the better coaches in the game. And I think especially come March time, um, clearly winning two out of the last three 
tournaments, you, you have to give him credit for, for knowing how to get his guys in the right um, frame of mind. So I, I think, I think it's going to be close, but in my mind, I still think Villanova probably is going to win that one. They'll find a way. They still have guys on that team, right. That have, that have been in the runs and, and have been in these moments before um, the, I can't think of any other names right now, but um, why am I blanking? Anyways, it's not like it, they they obviously lost a lot of talent to the NBA, but there are there are guys that are back on that team that that can lead them in this situation. So I guess I'll take Villanova in that game. And the reason that really concerns me more than anything as a Purdue fan is that the game is in Hartford, Connecticut, which is going <laughs> to highly you know heavily yes. favor. It's going to yes. be essentially a road game for Purdue if that plays out, and that that really sucks, especially when you consider. Um, for as good as Purdue was at home, they actually went undefeated at home. Um, Purdue's road and neutral site record is is pretty lackluster, um, and that includes Carson Edwards as well. His road game statistics um, are far worse than his home game statistics, so that doesn't bode well either. So I think that honestly is kind of my biggest concern there. Um, Villanova, you know, they they are not the same team. They're not as scary. Um, think maybe Purdue might have an advantage on, on the front line there potentially, but um, th- that alone scares me. And just the experience factor, um, Purdue, uh, aside from Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein, and I guess Matt Harms, they, re- they really won't have that many guys that have played um, significant minutes in an NCAA tournament environment. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. I will say though, if Purdue can get through that and then get to come to Louisville to play in the Sweet 16. That's not, you know, that that's pretty good in terms of a drive from Purdue to Louisville. It's, that's That would be pretty favorable, even though at that point I know you're talking pretty stiff competition. But in terms of just the overall draw, aside from having to catch Villanova closer to their mm-hmm. home, um, I don't I don't mind the draw. Well, Man, and the really, thing I just want to jump sure. in really quick is to go off of what Brandon was saying and you, Matt, saying like, oh, going to Louisville wouldn't be that far. I want to ask you how, like, what's your percentage of how confident you are that Purdue could even reach the Elite Eight? Because the first thing I tweeted out when I saw this region was the bottom half is stacked. Not only do you get the two that we just talked about, like Villanova, they still have their two upperclassmen, they still have a great head coach in Jay Wright. St. Mary's, a good defensive team, scouted against Gonzaga, beat Gonzaga, can give a nightmare. But then you look at the other games. Cincinnati, they're a team that just beat Houston, who is a team that went for the first time in um, school history, 31 wins, 31-3 and three on the year. Cincinnati beats them to win the conference tournament. Iowa, who... Maybe it's just when they play Illinois, they shoot the lights out. Um, but they're a team that once they get hot, like it's like a microwave for them. Um, and then it's like you get a possibility of playing Tennessee, who has two of the better players in the SEC, and Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams. Is can Purdue get out of this whole group of teams, even the ones that you think they'll see in the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, I mean, I I think you bring up a good point. Like, I don't think it's a guarantee that Tennessee is going to make it out at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I think 
you mentioned Cincinnati coming off the their conference tournament win over Houston. Um, they're a dangerous team. I wouldn't put it past them that they could win. Um, so, but, but let's say let's say it is Tennessee, who clearly, at least on a talent standpoint, is probably the the best team there. Um, I think I think the concern there is Purdue has had trouble with um, hyper athletic teams in the tournament before. Kind of your Texas Tech of last year, Purdue. Um, really struggled offensively, and I think Tennessee obviously has kind of a couple of um, athletic freaks in Schofield and Grant Williams that I think that that would be difficult for Purdue. But again, I, I mean, if I'm going to boil it down to one thing, it, it's it's Carson Edwards. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 he has to be on this game. If he's not Purdue, it, their run's going to be short-lived. If he can get hot, um, or it, maybe not even hot, just play just not shoot 25% from the field like he has been. If he can just play decent, I think Purdue, um, you know, all year, I guess there's kind of been this perception that, and it's why Matt Banner won the Big Ten Coach of the Year is because the perception has been that Purdue lacks, you know, the talent that most rosters do, and they've been making a lot of it. And I think that's fair to a degree. Um, But I, I don't think it's not like they have capable guys. I think... Purdue is very good about putting their guys in positions to be successful, and that's what made, has made Matt Painter such a successful regular season coach. Um, I just think when it comes to adjustments in a one-game playoff tournament scenario that has, for whatever reason, um, showed itself, and Purdue has not been able to crack through the Sweet 16 under Painter's tenure, so, man, I've got two questions for you. The first one, a little bit more serious than the second. The first one is, for Purdue this year, there weren't as many high expectations for them. And, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, but they were losing some guys. There was going to be some turnover. They were going to a younger team. And do you believe that there is a possibility that that quote-unquote youngness gets exposed here come tournament time. Uh, Do you think that because they don't have as many veterans and veteran guys who have been there, who have been doing that for a long time, do you believe that, you know, for leadership-wise, it won't play in their favor because of the fact that they don't have that that one guy or those two guys who are there to say, hey, this is how it goes, guys. Like, this is the, here's the mindset in the tournament. Here's what we need to do come tournament time. Here's, how, you know, all that type of stuff. Do you think that that could hurt Purdue come the tournament here in a couple of days? So, I guess you're right on the expectations thing. Like, the, 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 I think the amazing thing is, is that, if you back it up even two years, Purdue made it to the Sweet 16 with, um, you know, that group of Isaac Haas, Vince Edwards, Dakota Mathias, and Caleb Swanigan before he left for the NBA. When he left for the NBA, you know, the consensus was, okay, well, they've got four senior starters for coming back, but without Swanigan, they're, they're going to take a step back. I mean, you lose an All-American, obviously you're, you're going to take a step back. And they didn't. They got better mm-hmm. somehow. They won 19 games in a row during the you know mid-season last year, got a higher seed, got to the Sweet 16, and, you know, I guess all 
all kind of goes off the table. When you consider Haas broke his elbow and you don't know what they could have done, I don't think they would have gotten through Villanova regardless, but um, that was pretty significant. And then when you consider that then, again, you lose four senior starters, over 5,000 points, career points, and you turn into this year and your only known commodity on the team really was Carson Edward. I don't think there were any expectations other than you hope they made the tournament. Mm-hmm. And of course, what what they've done is pretty significant when you get, when you look at it back that way. But of course, when you do that, the expectations change in the season, right? It's not that simple as you can be satisfied. Oh, we made the tournament. We're a three seed. Let's let's win our two games and go home. <laughs> um, it doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, as a fan, you, you want more. And I think. Um, Obviously, I want more. I'm also realistic in the sense, too, that um, realizing that what they've done this year is pretty um, pretty significant and pretty um, pretty good. Um, but just maybe if Purdue had had a Final Four run previous to this, you can accept the fact that they bowed early with a little more um, grace. But again, it's just it's just another opportunity that I think in Purdue fans' minds, like, gosh, dang it. Like, you know, we have a chance. We probably know it's not going to happen, but we're going to keep believing, and that's, I mean, that's what being a fan is, I guess. (laughs) Are you speaking from experience? I feel like you're speaking (laughs) from experience. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Yeah. My my second question to you, which is— At least you're in the tournament, right? My team, we're sitting oh, yeah. at home still. Illinois, you guys uh, even <laughs> sniffing out the uh, the uh, you wanna, what's the other tournament? NIT, that, NIT, NIT, the NIT or tournament the, or the CIT. I think I think there's two of them. Uh, but just to make you feel better, Matt, at least you're not a team that didn't make the tur- didn't make the tournament, and now people are talking about your best player leaving for the NBA. It's like, come on, stay here, win something here. But that's a story for a right. different day. My my, my second my second question to you, Matt, is. Uh, the one that's a little less serious. How many times do you think per game will Matt Harms play with his hair? Ooh. Are we looking like five plus or, you know, a little under that? What are we thinking? Because yeah, sometimes I'm not sure if he's more concerned with basketball or like how his hair looks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that Yeah. I remember that last year because when Hots went down, Harms was thrown into the starter role and they had the, the Harms hair counter. They did. Um, they did. They literally <laughs> did. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can get beyond that and just recognize him <laughs> for his actual statistical ability this year. But um, um, yeah, no, he still does do that a lot. But he's he's awesome just in terms of how animated he is and how yes. um, passionate he is about the game. I think it rubs you know the other team off the wrong way sometimes, um, including expletives being chanted at him when they played IU. Um, well, that but, you, uh, you don't expect anything less, right? Right. From IU? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all we need to say. Um, but, <laughs> yes. Hey, at least you um, can say you made the tournament and IU didn't make the tournament. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we can get over that <laughs> narrative of getting the 17 and 15 team in the tournament. Yeah. Thank God that's over. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I, Harms, Harms is a big reason, too, for why Purdue did so well this year. He He – he didn't come out of the gate making maybe the improvement that I think people wanted him to, but um, he's really played well over the past couple of weeks. High percentage. He, he he's very um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's very selective in what shots he takes, but he's also had a hit a really high percentage of the shots he does take 
Obviously, most of them are in and around the basket. Um, but he's also so much more versatile than, than your normal big um, that he, he's a very much not a liability on defensive end. In fact, he, he, he makes the team a lot better, better defensively um, when he's on the floor just because of his shot-blocking ability and his ability to kind of stay with guards off pick-and-roll game. So he, he's been good, and I hope – I think he's another key that he's going to have to play well um, come March. But he's also – he's going to run into trouble when you have more of like a back-to-the-basket, you know, 280-pound type big man mm-hmm. just because he's not necessarily built like that. Um, and he, he kind of struggled with that in the Minnesota game too a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I totally answered the question, but <laughs> – no, I mean my my question was uh, uh, over under, you know how, how many times with the hair. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, actually, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Answer my question. Answer the important question. How many times he playing with his hair? Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. But no, you actually you you took it to a to a better level to talk a little bit more about how Matt Harms, um, how he's been relied upon big time this year by by Purdue and how he'll continue to be. And maybe he is. Maybe he's that big. You know, like I talked about earlier, maybe he is that big that that Purdue looks at. That's a game changer here in the, here in the tournament, and and, and they're going to need him to be that guy, though. Um, you know, Carson Edwards, like you said, is great, and he. I mean, Purdue has, you know, they rise and they fall kind of with Carson Edwards. They have a lot of times this year, but let's say he's not. He's having an off game. Can you know? Can can Harms pick up that slack and be the guy? Then in the tournament to to just kind of go off, you know, does does he have that? Can he do it? See, that's where I say no, though, is because he can't create for himself, and that's why I think it goes back to the whole you need the guard play thing. I mean, Ryan Klein, Purdue senior um, guard, who has made the most um, has made the biggest jump in points per game. Um, from last year to this year, I mean, in large part just because he's getting more minutes because of all those seniors that graduated. But, um, I mean, he's going to be huge in the sense that he's produced three-point um, bomber and he's hitting 40% a game. If he's on, um, that that's going to help alleviate some of the, the dependence on Carson Edwards. But he's also been, Klein has also been very good um, in creating for others. Um, more so than than Carson has, so he, he's big too. Um, so I, I guess I boil it down. I keep boiling it down to Carson, but like it's not like these other guys aren't capable. They they are, and they've they've played fairly well all around. Last thing I want to ask you, Matt, and this is probably the most important question that I will ever ask you in this topic. Mm-hmm. With you personally, give us your prediction. How far does Purdue go this year? Oh gosh! Okay, you want to say all the way. toughest question of the night? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna win against Old Dominion. I'm just looking at okay. Old Dominion's roster and like Old Dominion looks to be very guard dependent, which makes like the, their sixth leading scorer mm-hmm. is the forward finally. So I, I think Purdue's gonna have a significant size advantage, and they're gonna really take advantage of that. Yeah, the big um, thing with that is like, just getting over the Monarchs' defense will be the biggest hurdle. Sure. Yeah, and I think. And I think Purdue can maybe even they don't have you know they they can play the offensive rebounding game they're they're particularly good at that um, especially Purdue's point guard Nojel Eastern is like a six six point guard so he always has a significant advantage over whoever he's with 
Um, so in general, I think even if Purdue's not shooting well, they can kind of just throw it up, get their rebound, and maybe get putbacks and kind of counteract that. Um, but I'll, I'll say they win against Old Dominion. And gosh, this is where it gets tough. Like, <laughs> right? Like Villanova and Hartford, that, I just hate that. I, I wouldn't hate it maybe so much if it was on the Thursday, right? Because Hartford's not that close to Philadelphia or not Philadelphia, wherever Villanova is from exactly. But um, uh, but with it being a weekend, you know that they're going to show out and they're going to have a huge advantage. But I will say Purdue will somehow find a way to win that one. And then if they run into Tennessee, I'm going to say that's where it ends, just, just given Purdue's troubles with athletic teams like that. What if they run um, into in Cincinnati, though? Does it change if they run into Cincinnati? I think it could. I, I think Cincinnati, too, though, I mean, I don't think they lack athleticism. I think I don't know a ton about them, but just knowing what they've been the past year is kind of a defensive, gritty team. I think they're going to um, – They'd be tough for the for similar reasons, actually. So I think that might it might not matter. And if it's Cincinnati too, I mean they're just as close to Louisville. It, it won't be like a, it won't be an advantage crowd-wise for Purdue either. So I'll say it ends in the Sweet 16 again, and again. the painter hater the painter haters will be out in full force, telling telling us he can't get through that ceiling. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I, I agree. I'm just saying I think Painter gets way more flack than he probably deserves for what he does accomplish. It just sucks that he hasn't gone further than he has. Matt, you going to the game? You going to any of the games? No. I mean if if they get to if they were to <laughs> no. get to Louisville if they were to get to Louisville, if they were to get to the regional final, I suppose, the Elite Eight game then I probably would try to find a way out to get out there on that weekend. Well, if they but, go to Minnesota, you got to get out there. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, <right>. oh, yes. <laughs> you got uh, you yeah, to go experience that, that beautiful stadium that the Vikings play in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing, nothing like watching basketball in a football stadium. Right. Uh, so, man, I want to let you know I, I had uh, Michigan State and Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. And uh, for the fact that Purdue – didn't even get there i'm never choosing <laughs> to put purdue in that game ever again yeah good good, good call just to let you know uh, when, when the calendar hits march just pick against purdue it's pretty safe yeah <laughs> you know it's so i hate safe. to say it it's so I hate safe to say it but it's kind of true or as what ricky would say whenever it starts to be basketball season pick against illinois oh, you'll, mean, you'll be fine yeah, you'll be fine even fau can beat us apparently. <laughs> um, but Thank you, Matt, for being on the podcast. It's always a great joy having you on um, and talking. We always get a good Purdue conversation. I don't think I've ever talked about Purdue more in my life, and I love it, actually. (laughs) Like, as an Illini fan, I didn't know, like, if I would – at the beginning, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like talking about Purdue. I actually love talking about Purdue, and I might become a Purdue fan um, in the future. Even The the more it might chip away, I might become – more of a Purdue fan, but thank you for being on the podcast. If you guys want to be like Matt, check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast and join us at the $10 tier. Every time you're at that, you can be on a podcast of your choice talking about the topic that you want. And what a great time talking to Matt. Thank Matt yet again for joining us here on the podcast. So we've kind of looked at Purdue. So the first thing I want to ask you, Brandon, kind of to put a kibosh on it is, Let's start with the bottom of the South. 
as we now move on into the South and then our final four predictions. We kind of talked a little about it with Matt, but what are your final thoughts with this bottom half? Villanova, St. Mary's, Purdue Old Dominion, Cincinnati, Iowa, and then Tennessee and Colgate. Well, I'll tell you what is I think that similar to what Matt said is the Villanova St. Mary's game I think will be very good, but I think that Villanova is going to end up being the team. Am I the only one that thinks St. Mary's is going to win that game? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I think St. Mary's walks with that one. I, Not easily, but I, wins that I think, game. I think that Villanova is going to take it in the end just because they have more experience being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a home game for them. It is. Uh, you know, they, they just – I think that they have a better record – uh, in the in in mm-hmm. you know uh, tur- tournament um, yeah. and and uh, just better and more experience here in this tournament in these scenarios as well. That's why I think Villanova takes it. Purdue I think takes game one against Old Dominion. Cincinnati Iowa I think Cincinnati takes it and then I think Cincinnati gives Tennessee a run for their money. Yeah, I, I, I think Cincinnati's going to be the team mm-hmm. that is going to be the one on in the lower part of the South here in this these uh, you know a couple of games. In the bottom part of the bracket, I think Cincinnati is the team to look for. I really do. Out of all those teams, I think it's Cincinnati. I think it's the mm-hmm. seven seed Cincinnati. Wow. So you think out of the bottom half, they're going to be the one going to um, not just the second weekend, but to the maybe Elite Eight? Vill- Villanova's not strong enough. St. Mm-hmm. Mary's, even if they get past Villanova, won't make be able to make enough of a run. Purdue is Purdue. Uh, Cincinnati, I really do like them. I thought that they were strong last year, but again, Nevada was the one that knocked them off last year when they were a two. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee, too inconsistent for me. I know that when we talked with Matt, Matt talked a lot about just their athleticism and how good they are just based off of that. But Tennessee has been too up and down, and I think their lack of being in the tournament is going to show up, and Cincinnati will be able to take advantage of that. Now, the team that I'm looking at, too, and this kind of goes with Cincinnati is the Iowa Hawkeyes. And the reason why I'm looking for them is they are a team that I think doesn't get past Cincinnati, but I just want to point out one thing with them. If they catch fire from beyond the arc, expect this team to roll. The reason why I say that, just look at day and night between Iowa They play Illinois on, I want to say that was Thursday night. They play Illinois. They go 12 of 23 from beyond the arc. A ridiculous late. Like, Beer, who 17 minutes off the bench, 5 of 6 from beyond the arc. It was insane. Couldn't guard them to save our lives. So many wide open threes. Then they play uh, Michigan the next day on Friday. Do you want to take a guess at how many threes they made, Brandon? 17. They made one three. They went <laughs> one of 16 the next game. So, like, this is an Iowa team where, yes, they played very well against uh, the fighting Illini, but if they don't catch fire from beyond the arc, they are not going to win games. That's why, for me, Iowa was a team I looked at and I went, man, that could be a tough one. But then I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're streaky. They're very streaky. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I I agree with you that Cincinnati was like they the way they beat Houston in their tournament final made me look at them and go, all right, they're going to be able to hold their own in the tournament. And for me in this bottom half, 
it sucks that the two teams that I like out of it will play in the second round in Tennessee and Cincinnati. Whoever wins that game is going to obviously go on to the Sweet 16, but will also beat Purdue or Villanova or Old Dominion or St. Mary's in that game, whoever they play. But here's the thing. Moving up into the top half, you know who's the team that I think might come out of this region when it's all said and done? Gardner-Webb? The or- No, the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> quack, quack. Like, this is a team. Is really? Catching, I'm really surprised by that. Catching fire at the right time. They're going to get a weak Wisconsin team to start. Then they could get a weak, I'm going to say weaker Kansas State team because this is a Kansas State team that didn't play as well as they wanted to in the Big 12 tournament. Dean Wade, one of their big stars, still had a boot on when we saw the team on Selection Sunday. We'll see if he's able to go in the tournament. They could get two favorable games after winning the Pac-12. And then to me, I look at it, if there is any, like, the Gonzaga one is pure matchup. Like, if they're, if they're playing anyone but Syracuse in that second game, I would say they move on. But to me, out of all the one seeds, I think the one the most susceptible to an upset, and this is not making fun of them for last year for losing to UMBC, but I look at Virginia, and I look at how they played against Florida State, and I look at that Poor. and go, they are a team that I don't know if consistently they can give me six great games. And if a team like Oregon catches fire against Wisconsin, catches fire against Kansas State, could come into the second weekend with a little pip in their step, get past a Virginia, and then it's like, ooh, our Oregon-Cincinnati, we could be looking at either a 7 or a 10 going to the final four. You say you like uh, Oregon. Um, what do you think about Wisconsin as a five? Do you, do you, do you I, consider Wisconsin as a, a as a five. weak five? The weakest you, five. Yeah. The weak, like, and out of the five. Even that, weaker than, than Mississippi State? Yes. I would say weaker than Mississippi State. I just, I don't, like, I have watched Wisconsin so much this year. And besides when they play Illinois, haven't liked them. Like, they are just a team where they're not the tip. This is not the typical Wisconsin team we're used to seeing like there are games where Ethan Happ just disappears yeah. and you can't have that from your main player. No, from the guy who's the main player on your team. You can't have it where it's like, Hey, is Ethan Happ out there? Hey, I haven't seen Ethan Happ in a while. Oh no, he's running. He's right there. Huh? I haven't heard his name in a while, except for when the announcer asks, Oh man, Ethan Happ hasn't been going for a while. Um, That's their biggest problem. I think that when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's the easiest 12-5 to pick in the world. I'm picking Oregon all day, all day in that matchup. Um, I'm not even that confident in the 8-9 matchup in this region. Like, Old Miss, Oklahoma, I'm like, meh. Like, and that's the perfect 8-9 where it's like, all right, flip a coin because I'm not quite sure which of these teams I'm never wins. sure on the 8-9. I'm never sure on the 8-9. And Brandon's like, I'll be – Blatantly honest. But I think this is one where we see upsets in the top half, and that's why a Cincinnati, like you were saying in the bottom, a Cincinnati could sneak into the Elite Eight, maybe the Final Four. Possibly. Out of this region. I think they could, and I think that Cincinnati definitely, they're they're looking mm-hmm. for a little revenge. Obviously, they wouldn't find it on Tennessee because they didn't mm-hmm. lose to Tennessee, but they're, they're looking to, I think, do this year what they – 
thought that they could do last year. Yeah. They went out way too early last year, I think, in a lot of people's minds, certainly in a lot of people's brackets, and mm-hmm. they did not expect to be losing round two. Yeah. So they are, I think, looking for um, you know a little um, revenge here this year uh, to to get back into a spot that says we're here, we're Cincinnati, mm. we're rolling, you know, all that type of stuff, and 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 they, uh, you know, they're they're looking to uh, do a lot better, have a lot better showing this year than they did last. I will ask you this before we go on into the end thing. I want to end the podcast with. Do you have a first draft final fourth, or do you want me to go first with just the putting it out there? This is your first draft before we edit our brackets furiously this week going into Thursday. Oh, you go ahead first. All right. So mine is easy. I think the East will not change. Duke will come out of the East, and then I will have them play the Michigan Wolverines. I think Duke then beats Michigan in the final four game. Then I will have Tennessee coming out of the South region. They will play the winner of the Midwest region, which right now I have UNC. And then I will have a Duke-UNC national title right now. That's kind of what I'm leaning on right now. Um, However, UNC might change because I'm undecided how I feel about Houston. Tennessee might change. Like, that whole half might change. Obviously, Michigan could change if I feel differently about Gonzaga, but right now I'm kind of confident that Syracuse beats them in the second round. So I'm going to go Duke beats Michigan, UNC beats Tennessee, Duke beats UNC for the fourth game in the national title in Minnesota. How about you? And this is not locked in stone. This is just our first draft. So uh, I've got Duke and Michigan. Uh, that they'll they'll be coming out. Duke coming from the east, Michigan for, coming from the west, from the south. From the south, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to say Cincinnati. Gonna double down. On I'm going to double down on them, and they'll lose game one. <laughs> um, so I am going. I'm going to say Duke, Michigan, and then Cincinnati from the south and from the Midwest. There's a piece of me so badly that wants to say Auburn, uh, but I na- put your name on it. Auburn. I'm <laughs> Don't gonna, be afraid of I'm it. I'm just I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it because you wanna know why it never happens the way that you uh-huh. think it will. So if I said Duke and I said Michigan and I said Virginia and I said North Carolina, most of those regions, three out of the four would say, screw ya. Yeah. And they would watch, have some random watch this stuff. This is the year where all one seeds make it. Yep. That's the boring years. Yep. I hate those years. Don't like those. Um what about your national championship then? Um so so then I'm gonna say it's going to be Duke and it's I'm I'm <laughs> Duke Auburn. I'm gonna, I was gonna say it's gonna be Duke and Auburn. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Duke Auburn. And and I know that people are gonna be Hey. There there are going to be people who are gonna be you are saying you're a big, big, big idiot. It worked for and Kemba Walker. I am, all, but I'm going to. What I'm going to say is that while Auburn, you know, there may be a lot of people who are like, "Oh, it's just Auburn. They're coming from the SEC. It's mm-hmm. not a very exciting conference." Blah blah blah. You know, it wasn't that good this year. Well, you know what? Auburn actually showed up and balled out uh, in the in their game that they played against Tennessee. They played well towards the end of the season. They're a sneaky team. They're not one of those teams that's right there in your face so great like Duke is. Auburn is a sneaky good team. I'm going to say Duke-Auburn national championship game. 
So you want to know something funny about that? Um, the year that UConn and Kemba made that run, they were a three seed. Um, and they beat the four-seeded Kentucky in the Final Four. And they beat the eight-seeded Butler in the National Championship. I don't think that happens. No one seeds came to the Final Four that year. Um, I think Duke gets to the Final Four. That's why I keep saying Duke. Um, but those are just our first drafts, obviously, when you see our brackets in the Tournament Challenge group. Most of podcast, I'm going to put that link down below for you guys to go ahead and join it. Obviously, you'll see Brandon's real Final Four, the one that he cannot change. But here's what I want to do out of the podcast. So every Tournament Challenge group, we've had just an onside kick bracket sit there and really it's not filled out so right now end of the podcast you and i are going to fill the bracket out together on top of having our separate ones this is going to be the podcast's bracket to see how well we do i'll ask you first duke versus their 16 who wins duke interesting one i think ucf beats vcu how about you same Mississippi State Liberty. What are you thinking? Mississippi State. Yeah, I can't fight it. Virginia Tech and St. Louis. Virginia Tech. Okay, you and I are thinking similarly. Maryland and then Belmont and Temple. I am not confident in Maryland. I was going to say Belmont. Okay, cool. Because I think Belmont beats Temple. Um, LSU, Yale. I'm going to go LSU. Okay. I'm I'm not arguing with these, by the way. If we argue, we'll get to it. How about Louisville, Minnesota? I'm going to go Minnesota. Wow, you and I might have the exact same bracket. <laughs> we might have the exact same. <laughs> Knowing me, I will do this, and then I'll be like, eh, I'll like, change up, it upsets, all up. Upsets, upsets. And then Bradley, right, over Michigan State? Yeah, Bradley, obviously. No, Michigan State. <laughs> um, how about Duke UCF? Uh, I'm going to go with Duke. Yeah, I can't pick against Duke. Um I was going to go Virginia Tech over Mississippi State. That's fine. Okay. How about Belmont and LSU? I got to go LSU. I would go Belmont. Okay. Do you have a, do you have a coin on you? Otherwise, go to Google. Go to Google and type in um, coin toss. This is great. Did it pop up for you? Um, where you can click and it'll flip a coin flip. Where you can click and it'll flip the it's, virtual it's, it's, coin. It's flipping here. Let okay. me say flip again. So what, what do you want to? Belmont will be tails. LSU will be heads. We'll do first one to three. Okay. So first one to three. LSU heads, Belmont tails. Okay. First flip. Tails. So that's Belmont. One. Flip it again. Heads. Flip it again. Tails. Flip it one more time. Tails. Belmont moves on. Um, how about Minnesota, Michigan State? Michigan State. And then Michigan State, Belmont? Michigan State. Duke, Virginia Tech? Duke. Duke, Michigan State. I'd go Duke. Duke. Yeah. I I can't pick against Duke. That's hard, too. Um, even, even, though, even though Michigan State has played very well. Gonzaga versus their 16th seed? Gonzaga. How about Syracuse Baylor? Syracuse. Cool. How about Marquette Murray State? Murray State. Yeah, I was going to pick the same thing. Um, Florida State Vermont. This is the one I don't know who to pick, by I, the way. I would say Florida State, but not confidently. 
Yeah, I'll say the same thing. Um, how about Buffalo versus their playing game winner of Arizona State or St. John? I'm going to say Buffalo. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And then Texas Tech over North Kentucky. Texas Tech, or yeah. Northern Kentucky. Nevada or Florida? I'm going to say Florida. I would go with Nevada. Okay. You want to flip the coin? We can flip the we'll coin. We'll do – which one do you want to be? You pick which is uh, which. No, is Nevada that. is uh, tails and uh, Florida's house. Okay. Riveting podcast stuff, by the way, flipping Big a time. virtual coin. Tails. So Nevada gets one. Heads. Florida got one. Tails. Nevada got two. Tails. All right. Nevada moved on. How about Michigan, Montana? <laughs> this is a riveting podcast. Though. How about uh, Michigan? Michigan. Um, you know what I'm thinking? You wanted LSU, right? Correct. So you know what? We'll we'll go with Florida over Nevada because I wanted Belmont. You got mine was oh, picked. Yours fine. wasn't. That's so fine. we'll go with yours that's over fine. mine. Um, how about Gonzaga, Syracuse? Syracuse. Yep. I I I might change it on mine sure. on Thursday. Sure. But right now I am heavily leaning yeah. towards Syracuse. Yeah. Um, and then I want Murray State over Florida State. Yes. Okay. Um, Buffalo, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. That's one on my personal bracket I might switch, but I'm going to go Texas Tech. And then Michigan, Florida? Michigan. Okay. I was doing the same thing. Syracuse, Murray State. Murray State. Really? I want to say Murray State. Fuck it. Let's do it. Um, Texas Tech, Michigan. Michigan. And then Murray State over Michigan to play Duke in the Final Four. John Zion in the Final Four. Holy crap. Wouldn't that be crazy? Could you imagine 1v2? That'd be awesome. I just pissed a lot of people off. That'd be awesome. 1v2, they're like, Ricky, one and two are on the same team. No, RJ is not the one or the two um, in the draft brackets. So we're going with Michigan, although we really want to do Murray State. Yep, yep. Okay. Then moving on, UNC Iona. Uh, Iona, obviously. Okay. Um, UNC. <laughs> UNC. Utah State or Washington? I kind of want to go Washington because of Matthias Teibel. Um, th- I, Although a lot I was, of analysts are saying I was gonna say, I was gonna Utah pick, State. I was going to pick Utah State. Um, shoot. The last one we disagreed on was – damn, we didn't. So we'll switch it. We'll go with mine, and then the next one we'll go with yours. Um, Auburn, New Mexico State. Auburn. Kansas Northeastern. Kansas. How about Iowa State, Ohio State? Ohio State. See, well, I'm going to pick Iowa State, but because we're going with yours, like we're defaulting to yours, it's Ohio State. Houston, Georgia State. Houston. How about Wofford and Seton Hall? Um. Uh, Wolford. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was thinking. And then Kentucky losing to Albany Christian. Uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. I, I was asking for clarification there. Brandon Kentucky. was not giving it to me. How about um, North Carolina, Washington? UNC. How about Auburn, Kansas? Auburn. Ohio State, Houston. Houston. Yeah, I was going to do that as well. Kentucky, Wofford. Kentucky. How about UNC, Auburn? Uh, 
I want to push the button. I want to. I want to put Auburn. Well, that's what we're gonna do. Because I was, I was gonna push that button, and either way, it was gonna default to me. So now it doesn't have to default to me. How about Houston, Kentucky? Um, Kentucky. Yeah, it's gonna default to me. I was gonna pick Houston. How about Auburn, Houston? Auburn. Yeah, it defaults to you. I was gonna pick Houston. So Auburn's in our final four. Then Virginia, Gardner, Webb. Or Gardner, yeah, Gardner Webb. Virginia. Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Such a toss up. Literally could care less about this game. Don't give a Watch. frick. It's going to be thrilling now that I said yes. that. Yes. Um, let's go with Oklahoma. Actually, let's look at it this way. We picked a nine. We picked an eight. We picked a nine. So let's go Old Miss. That way we're both 50-50 That's fine. 50 That's fine. eight nines. Um, Oregon over Wisconsin. Um, Oregon. Okay. Uh, Kansas State over UC Irvine. Kansas State. Um, Villanova St. Mary's. V- Villanova. Um, which was the last one we defaulted? Was that the Auburn Houston? Yeah, the Auburn Houston. Because yeah. you want Auburn, I want yeah. Houston. Um, let's go. I'll go with Villanova with you. Um, Purdue Old Dominion. Purdue. Cincinnati, Iowa. Cincinnati. Tennessee, Colgate. Tennessee. Virginia, Ole Miss. Virginia. Oregon, Kansas State. Kansas State. Yeah, we're defaulting to Oregon. Um, <laughs> so the next one's with you. Um, Villanova, Purdue. Um, I'm thinking Villanova. It's a home game. <laughs> it's a home game, and I'm not confident in Purdue. Sorry, Matt. Okay, let's say Villanova then. I mean, you could you could go with Purdue and default. Um, how about Cincinnati, Tennessee? Cincinnati. I'm going to pick Tennessee, so it defaults to you. Air possession arrow flips back to me. I love um, it. Virginia, Oregon. Virginia. Yeah, I'm going to default this one. Oregon moves on. Um, <laughs> possession arrow flips back to you. Uh, Villanova, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And then Oregon, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, it's going to possession arrow flips back to me as Cincinnati goes on to the final four. So our final four right now. Wow. (laughs) Duke and Michigan, then Cincinnati Auburn. So basically your final four. Yeah. Um, Duke, Michigan. Duke. Cincinnati Auburn. Auburn. Fuck it. We'll default to Cincinnati. Possession arrow flips back to you. Duke versus Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati, obviously. Duke. Duke. What's the score of Duke? One, like, 110 to 65? I was going to say 87 (laughs) to 72. Wow, you're you're giving Cincinnati some credit against Zion. Um, So that's our bracket. Is it going to do well? Probably not. No. Um, So just to... Yay, we picked Duke. Um, just to go over everything, the primetime podcast bracket has the Elite Eight of Duke over Virginia Tech, Michigan State over Belmont with Duke beating Michigan State, then Murray State over Syracuse, Michigan over Texas Tech with Michigan beating Murray State, Duke beats Michigan to go to the championship, then Oregon over Virginia, Cincinnati over Villanova, Cincinnati to the Final Four, Auburn over North Carolina, Houston over Kentucky, Auburn to the Final Four, Cincinnati then plays Duke in the National Championship, and your Duke 
Blue Devils are national champions 87-73 to in Minnesota against the Cincinnati Bearcats. Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? I don't have anything else other than I am so excited that it is March Madness. It is starting up on Thursday, and I cannot wait. I would have to look, but I think this may be our longest podcast in primetime podcast history. Really? Um, Because looking at the unedited, it's going to be about 45, I want to say, for the first segment. About 30 minutes for Matt's. That's about an hour 10. Then another 30. 20 to 30 minutes for this one. So that's going to be at least an hour for you. You know what? It may tie our longest. Um, it might not be our longest, um, but it may tie and be up there. But thank you guys for checking it out. Make sure to join our – I'll show it here. Make sure to join our group. The link is down below in the description. Um, last year we had a ton of fun uh, playing along with you guys. Um, all you got to do is click the link, fill out your bracket, one bracket per – um, username, and also it locks on Thursday, so you can't switch brackets in and out of it. Make sure to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com, backslash most valuable podcast. Also, make sure, ooh, as I cough ooh. right there, pardon me, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Woodmer, at young underscore swan 19, at most valuable pod for most valuable podcast. Thank you guys yet again for checking this out. Can't wait to be watching games. Dave even texted me and was like, hey, can we move too old the game to Wednesday? Because I really want to watch college basketball with you guys on Thursday. And I was like, that sounds great to me. Let's just see what Mark Weber has to say. But thank you guys for watching and listening. Thanks for everything. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.